Praise the Lord. Anybody have joy tonight? Is there joy in the house of the Lord? Praise God. Praise God. I want to just uh, take a few minutes and just open up God's word because, again, we cannot close out this Sunday in 2019 without going to the word and being reminded once again through God's word that we are stepping into 2020 with promise and victory and knowing that God is faithful. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Anybody got their word this evening? Who's got their Bible? Say amen. Amen. Praise God. Good. Amen. Praise God. You're going to need it. You're going to need it in 2020. You're going to need God's word to keep you. You're going to need God's word to guide you. You're going to need God's word to remind you that God's got you. You're going to need God's word to hold you to strengthen you. Let me tell you, without God's word, we are lost in 2020. But with God's word, we're going to be okay. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Every single time. When I'm not sure about what's next, what to do, when I don't know what's going to happen in any particular circumstance, I just go to God's word. And I rest in God's word. I put my trust in God's word. This is why I love to open up God's word. And for those of you that might just simply be coming in and you're not used to maybe going to church, but I'm going to tell you right now, it all answers everything that you need is in God's word. Praise God. And he's faithful. Praise the Lord. My my message to you in these few minutes is the right side. I want to talk to you about being on the right side when you go into 2020. The right side of God's grace. The right side of God's love. The right side of God's mercy. The right side of God's hope and, 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 and his faithfulness. And I want you to be able to cast your net into 2020 on the right side of purpose and the right side of destiny. And I want you to turn with me real quick to John, the book of John, chapter 21. The book of John, chapter 21. It's a wonderful book. We've actually been in this book throughout the day in the other services. It's amazing how God has just aligned things. But I want to talk to you out of the book of John chapter 21. If you got to say amen. amen. Beginning with verse 1. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Now before we go into verse 2, let me just give you a little context. Jesus went to the cross, he died, he rose again on the third day. These are the few weeks after he has risen from the grave. And this is the third time that he reveals himself to the disciples. Now, it's very interesting through the course of these moments where he revealed himself because he would always just show up in a supernatural way. It's very clear to me through scripture in these remaining weeks that Jesus lived on the earth, that he did not use the door. He did not knock. He just showed up. He was just doing supernatural things like just showing up. They would would just look up and there was Jesus just standing in the room. How cool would that be? And so this is the third time that Jesus decides to reveal himself to the disciples because they were still wrestling with a lot of questions and a lot of doubt and there was a lot of uncertainty and God wanted to make sure that they completely understood what it was like now that Jesus was risen from the grave and what salvation now looked like for them being able to stand on the right side as they would go forward in life. Now, going back to scripture in verse two, the Bible says that Simon, Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. So not all of them, but there was a few of them there. Simon Peter said to them, hey, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we'll go with you. And they went out 
and they got into a boat, but that night they caught nothing. Now, Jesus wanted them to understand something and for you and I to understand something. That there, there is no ordinary days when Christ is in your life. When you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you can expect every day to be extraordinary. This moment here where Peter and a few of the guys are like, hey, I'm not quite sure what to do right now, so let's just go fishing. And it was a moment where the disciples attempted to just do life in an ordinary way. But God doesn't want you to do life in an ordinary way. And there's not much that you can accomplish without Jesus, especially if you're expecting something miraculous to happen. Jesus has to be in the equation. But these guys were like, hey, let's go fishing. All right. So they did their usual. They went fishing through the night. And the Bible says they caught nothing. But you can't catch anything if Jesus is not a part of the equation. God wants to be a part of every single aspect of your life. There should be no area in your life where God is not a part, active, involved. You should always live a life checking in with Jesus Christ. If you're going to experience something extraordinary, if you're going to experience miracles, if you're going to experience breakthrough, it has to be your life fully surrendered to Jesus each and every day. The only way you can live a life of expectation is to live a life of salvation, completely surrendered to the will of God. And so the Bible says in verse 4, look at it. If you got it, say amen. amen. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Now, picture with me. The disciples have been fishing all night long, tired, exhausted, and disappointed because they didn't catch anything. It wasn't a good night. Some of you might be here in this service or maybe even watching on the live stream thinking it wasn't a good year. 2019, I felt like I didn't accomplish or achieve anything. But I'm here to tell you that it's time to cast your net on the right side. And so here's what happens. They're about 100 yards offshore, and Jesus is standing there on the shore, and he calls out, Children, despite the fact that they can't recognize them, despite the fact that they had attempted to go and do life just in an ordinary way, but Jesus still shows up on the shores of our heart calling unto you, children, despite how far you've drifted away, despite every effort that you've made to do life the way you want to do life, God still shows up with mercy in the morning and he says, children, What's going on? Hey, did you catch anything? Nothing. And Jesus says, cast your net 
on the right side. Not only does he say just cast your net on the right side of the boat, he says cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will get some. Now, God's word, when he speaks, it is everything to you and I. Because when God speaks, it is the absolute truth. God says, not only will you cast your net on the right side, but you're going to have provision. When you cast your net on the right side in accordance to God's word and what he says for your life, there will always be victory going into 2020. When you cast your net of opportunity, cast your net of purpose, cast your net of destiny in accordance to what God wants for you, there will always be a breakthrough. There will always be a miracle. But you have to respond to the voice of the Lord. And Jesus says, cast your net on the right side. You're going to get something. And I love this because they did it. Still not quite knowing who was standing on the shore. I don't know who's here tonight that maybe you have endured a very long year and you feel like you haven't achieved anything. And maybe you're here tonight and you might feel like Jesus has been really distant, like you're not even quite sure about Christianity. You don't even have a full understanding of just who God is, and the one who gave his only son, Jesus, to die on a cross. And so you, maybe even tonight, you're, you're still trying to process this truth of the gospel. And maybe, you're, maybe you've once come to church quite often, but now you only come just here and there, or just seasonally, or, 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 or for whatever reason, but you find yourself distant. And it's like, I, I, maybe you, you would say to me, I don't even know how to recognize God's voice. I'm kind of like these guys who, who've been out fishing all night, and I don't know even when God is talking to me. Well, this is why I always express the word. Because if you struggle to hear God's voice, and if you're not quite sure, man, does God even really want to talk to me? He's always speaking through his word. This is why I'm like, you got to get a Bible. Because this is God always sparking the conversation. Do you know God knows how to spark a conversation? You ever been with somebody and the conversation just goes dead? And it's just like, wow, this is really not working. There's nothing that we can relate to. We're definitely not made to be friends. There's no chemistry here. Conversation just goes bad. Anybody ever gone out on a date and that conversation just went nowhere? And you just like bury your face in the menu because you're just like, oh Lord God, if I could just get out of this because this is not working. Or maybe even with people that you know or people that you've been in relationship for a long time and suddenly you struggle to hold conversation. And then you're thinking, man, this person better start talking or I'm going to start walking, right? This is just not good. And when there's no good conversation, the friendship fails. And when the friendship fails, we go searching for new friends. Because it's, it's interesting how we always put it on somebody else to be the one that sparks conversation and develops good friendship for me. Jesus is okay starting every conversation in your life. It's all here in the word. He's, he's got so much to say to you and I that he left us his word. 
And so if ever you struggle to hear from God, if ever you feel like, man, I just feel so distant, you go to the word. In 2020, you got to go to the word each and every day. You got to study this word. And what had happened here is the disciples had had come to a place where they're like, "Eh, we're just going to do life the way we always do it. Eh, We're just going to do life in just an ordinary. Just go fishing. I can't even process anything that's going on. I mean, he's popped up twice I don't know what's going on. And suddenly, out of the mercy of God and the love of God, he still shows up because he wants fellowship with you and I. So he shows up to the shore. He tells them what they need to do in order to experience a miracle. And of course, when they cast their net on the right side, oh my goodness, suddenly their nets are full. And the Bible goes on to say this in verse 7. The disciple whom Jesus loved, talking about John, therefore said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard it, that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work and he threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. And when they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid on it and bread. So check this out. So even though God does a miracle for them, there's still a greater level of provision when you come in fellowship with Jesus. And I'm going to go back to that so that you can fully understand what that looks like for you going forward. And in verse, verse 11 Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore. No, verse 10. You with me? Say amen. Jesus says this to them. Bring some of the fish that you've caught. You see, Jesus likes it buffet style. Verse 11. Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask them, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them. And so with the fish, this was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now you got to picture this, right? They've been fishing all night, caught nothing. Suddenly, there's this guy standing on the shore who says, cast your net on the right side and you'll get some. So they said, okay, why not? And then all of a sudden, their nets are completely full. The Bible even says that although the nets were full, the nets didn't break. Trying to express to you and I as the reader that this was a supernatural catch. When you trust God's word, there's going to be a supernatural catch. There's going to be a supernatural purpose. There's going to be a supernatural opportunity for you going into the new year. But you have to surrender your life to God, to his son, Jesus. And so I love this, right? Because they cast the nets. The nets are full. And one of the disciples, John, goes, oh, man, that's Jesus. I know it. And then Peter's like, oh, wow, okay. And then the Bible says that he puts on his, his outer garment because back in that time when they went fishing, they would just kind of like strip down to like almost like a pair of shorts. You know what I mean? And he was probably very dirty and, and wet and soggy and, and, and he really was a complete mess. But I, I firmly believe that Peter felt like it would be better if he put on this outer garment so that he didn't look dirty when he came to Jesus. But I want you to know you can come to Jesus just as you are. 
You can come to Jesus in all of your mess. You can come to Jesus in all of your filth because Jesus is not worried about your mess because he went to the cross and he cleaned up our mess when he died and defeated sin and death. Glory to God. There's no reason for you to try to put on your best outfit and come to church. You come just as you are and trust that God is going to do a, a full cleansing work in your life. You see, it's by the blood of Jesus that washes and cleanses. His blood that was poured out on the cross. You are cleansed because of that finished work. You are cleansed because of Jesus who went to the cross and died for you. And so he puts on this cloak and he swims. You know, I was doing some reading, but some people, uh, some people have studied and have, have come to a place where they thought maybe he put on his outer cloak because he thought just maybe he was going to be able to walk on water again. That didn't happen. The Bible makes it very clear that he swam all the way to Jesus. And when he shows up, Jesus is already cooking fish. I'd like to believe that no one knew how to cook fish the way Jesus cooked fish. You see, I also like to believe that even though there was 153 large fish, I believe Jesus wanted to express to you and I that salvation is not dependent on what you bring to me. Salvation is you just coming to Jesus because he has everything for us. And so they showed up at the shore and the fish was already roasting over the fire. My Lord. And then when Peter shows up, he's soaking wet with his cloth and his coat. He's looking at Jesus. He's looking at the fish. And you got to remember something too. The last time that he was anywhere near Jesus, he had denied him three times. It was an awkward moment for Peter, wouldn't you say? Shows up and then Jesus says this, Peter, go get the rest of the fish. Now the Bible says that all of the disciples came into the boat together, dragging the net full of fish. This is just my opinion, but I believe that there's a revelation here. The Bible says 153 large fish, and as they were drawing near to shore, about 100 yards out, it took all of the disciples to drag the fish together. But then Jesus speaks a word to Peter. Peter, you go and get the rest of the fish. The Bible then says this, that Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. How in the world did it go from all of the disciples needing to work together to haul the fish to suddenly Peter running out there and bringing in all the fish by himself? What's that all about? I'll tell you what that's all about. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, and when you move in obedience to what God says, you can expect God to do something supernatural in you and through you. Because I personally believe it was a supernatural moment that Peter grabbed all these fish, 
and hauled it right to the shore. He should not have been able to do that in the natural. But I believe that there was just a moment, a glimpse of the supernatural God working through a broken man who had failed, who was flawed, who was a mess. But God wants to show himself faithful to you and I. Despite the mess that you've made, he's calling us unto himself. And there's provision at the feet of Jesus. He brings it all in. And there's this incredible moment. Where they're sitting down and Jesus serves them bread and fish. You see, it's all about Jesus and what he desires to do in your life. Yeah, you can run out of here. And you can have all of these New Year's resolutions and all these new goals and all these new plans. That's fine as long as you know that Jesus is everything and has everything worked out for you. That's fine. If you want to chase after certain things, you want to be successful, you, you want to dream, you have goals, you have plans, but don't allow those things to overwhelm you in such a way that you forget that in Christ, the Lord as Savior, he is everything that you need and he will provide all that you need and he will do miracles and he'll meet you at the shores of our heart and in our mind and he'll call out to you and I, children, sons, daughters, Cast your nets on the right side. I know you got goals. I know you got plans, but cast your net on the right side of grace, the right side of faith in Jesus, the right side of hope, that hope that we find only in God and not in the successes of our careers. You know, there's finally a conversation between Peter and Jesus, and I'll say this in close. And Jesus is, is there. I don't know. They're just finishing up the fish and the bread. And Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, yes, I, I, I do. Yeah. You know, because I'm sure he's wrestling with some guilt of what he did wrong. I'm sure he's wrestling with the shame of like just messing up, denying Christ, cursing, yelling, screaming as if, man, I don't know who he is. And then Jesus says, Feed my sheep. And I, I feel like there was like a few minutes that goes by. And then Jesus like looks up again, still eating little fish. Hey, Peter, do you love me? And I'm sure Peter once again awkwardly was like, yeah, yes, I do. You see, you know what Jesus was asking? Do you believe? Do you trust me? Do you believe I'm the son of God? Do you love the truth of this gospel? Do you know, Peter, that I'm, I'm savior? Do you know, Peter, that there's so much more than just 153 fish when it comes to me? Do you know that there's rest, Peter, in my presence? Peter, do you know that I got you going into next year? Times Square Church, do you know that I'm not going to fail you? Do you know that? Do you know that I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you? And Do you love me? And Peter's like, yes. And then Jesus says, 
tend to my lambs. I love these. He says, first feed, feed my sheep and then two, tend to my lambs. Meaning, I want you to feed them and I want you to take care of them. Meaning, I want to use your life for my glory. Meaning, I'm not worried about the mess that you've made because I've come in and cleaned that up and I want you to experience my glory and my power. And I want you to be a testimony of the goodness of Jesus. I want you to know salvation. I want you to know the truth. I want you to know that you have life and life more abundantly. Stop worrying about the mess of 2019 and go forward living for my glory. And tell somebody about my great truth and my love. And Jesus asks a third time. He goes, a third time. He goes, Peter, do you love me? I love Jesus. He's persistent, but he's precise. He asks three times that number that represents completion. Do you love me? And Peter adds a little bit more to his yes. And Peter's, you know, you can go on and read it later. And Peter goes, oh, New York City translation. Come on, Jesus. Like, you know my heart already. You know me already. You know me. <laughs> but that's what he said. He said, you know me. It was the moment that Peter confessed to Jesus, you know that I'm a failure. You know that I get it wrong. You know the thoughts that I wrestle with in my head. You know that I'm human and I'm flesh and I failed you and I'm sorry. You know, Jesus, you know already that I struggle with guilt. You know that I feel ashamed. You know that I just can't seem to get it right. You know that I'm just really messed up. And one moment I'm on this high, one moment I'm on this low. On this low. And Jesus is like, hey, hey, hey. Okay, feed my sheep. I love you so much that I went to a cross and I died for all of your sins. And I want you to have my spirit, the gift of my Holy Spirit that is going to dwell inside of you. And in your weakness, I'm going to show myself strong. I'm going to take care of you. You're going to hear my voice. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Peter, just cast the net on the right side. I've not called you to do life in just an ordinary way. I've called you to experience my presence in an extraordinary way. I've called you to be fishers of men. I've called you to declare the goodness of God. I called you for something greater and you can't figure it out on your own and you can't do it in your own strength. And yes, your life is a mess, but I've come to clean it all up. So yes, feed my sheep. No, don't give me the whole rundown of all of your failures because it's not going to change how much I love you. Stop. Listen. Stop constantly rewinding all of those things that went wrong through 2019. Some of you keep a long file in your mind of everything that was done wrong to you and everything that you've done wrong. It's time to delete that file going into 2020. It's time to create space for God to come into your life and to lead you and to direct you and to give you a hope and to give you a greater purpose don't go into 2020 on the wrong side. 
the wrong side of despair, the wrong side of defeat, the wrong side of feeling just hopeless. There is a right side, and that right side is Jesus Christ. I want to pray, and let's believe God in faith for miracles, for breakthrough, for provision. Hey, but before all of that, before all of that, let's fully surrender to Jesus. Let's cast our net on the right side. Maybe you have felt like you've achieved nothing, or maybe you feel like I haven't done enough. There's already fish on the shore. You just need to respond to the voice of God that I believe is calling each and every one of you tonight. Children, he calls us sons and daughters. We don't even deserve it. But he calls you his own. He calls you son. He calls you daughter. And when you receive Jesus, instantly you have a new identity in Christ Jesus. We're going into 2020 on the right side. Some of you have some files files of disappointment and it's time to delete those files create space for the incredible work of the Holy Spirit to come in the Spirit of God praise the Lord we're going to worship and then what we like to do in our services we like to make an invitation for you to boldly and in faith step out of your seat, come down the aisle and make a declaration publicly without shame, but to make a declaration saying, my life is surrendered to Jesus and I'm going forward on the right side. I'm going to be fully surrendered. I'm going into the new year with expectation. I'm going to be fully given and surrendered to Jesus. And I want to invite you to come forward and make that bold move. I want to invite you to come forward and receive Jesus and make a new, fresh commitment to God. But you have to be bold about it. Don't worry about what other people are thinking or saying. And even as I'm talking right now, yeah, make your way down. Thank you, my brave brothers, for coming down. There's no shame in the house of the Lord. You just say, man, yep, that's it. This is me. I need to do this. I need to do this. And God is going to fill the heart. He's going to fill the soul of every person who feels like you've been on empty in 2019. I've caught nothing. It hasn't gone right for me. Life has been bad. But now you stand on the right side. You stand on the right side. You stand on the right side. That's my first call, call to salvation right now. Now, number two, here's this. Some of you are wrestling with the guilt of not doing things right. The guilt and the shame of making some mistakes and some failures. And you might be sitting here saying, I'm already a believer, but maybe you're in the same place where Peter was. 
And you too don't have to be ashamed, but you might be in this place where like, oh man, I'm, I'm not worthy. I'm just, I'm not the one. That's how Peter felt. I'm not the one. And you need a refresher this evening. The beautiful refresher of knowing that, listen, God doesn't hold those things against you. He took it all on the cross and he's still calling you. There's still a call on your life. There's still a call on your life, but you have to surrender. You just have to say yes, like Peter. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. And maybe you've done it once. Maybe you've done it twice. Do it a third time. Yes, Lord. In that little portion of scripture, it's really simply three things that Jesus offered to those disciples. One, he is for you. He will always be for you. That's why he showed up at the shore. Two, he desires to be in fellowship with us, which is why he cooked the fish, and sat down and had a meal with them. He is for you. He desires to be always in fellowship with you. And three, he has forgiven you. You're forgiven. So that guilt and that shame and that, that sense of not feeling good enough that you have wrestled with as you go out these doors, Remember this, you are forgiven. He is for you. He will always be in fellowship with you, never leave you nor forsake you, and you are forgiven. And I want you to pray this prayer. I want you to repeat this prayer after me, and you pray it in faith. Jesus Christ, I believe in faith. You are my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for me and you rose again on the third day. I put my trust in you. Lead me and make me a new person. Live inside of me. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of all my sins. I choose today to listen to you to trust your voice and to believe in faith and stand on the right side. Thank you, Jesus, for the victory that you have given me. In your name I pray. Amen.